Are you prepared for God's future? Welcome to Apostle of the Future with Apostle Ashley Clater, where we discuss doctrinal myths versus truths, biblical facts, and much more. As the Apostle of the Future, I have found myself in a position of being the youth pastor in our ministry, the Congregation of the Mighty, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And after a conversation with a very dear friend of mine, have decided to kick off a series addressing our teens, our young people, to you as parents, guardians, teachers, youth leaders, and as well as to the young people throughout this series on how to handle what's going on in our culture and our society today. We recently just had our annual Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute that's held in June every year in Tulsa. And part of that is a youth conference. And I have what we call Real Talk in Youth Group. We go through the Word of God. We go through Scripture. I don't pull punches as far as what God was saying. They know that they can speak freely in youth. And because they're minors, I never give them the impression that, you know, the Vegas, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas type thing because they are minors. And I let them know there is information that you may share here to where your parents will have to be notified. The authorities might have to be notified depending on what you say. By law, we're obligated to report certain things. But uh, they know they can say or ask whatever question they want to ask. Now, you know, when young people talk to you, sometimes you have to bluff it with a straight face because they're coming out with some very interesting things. Society has changed. The world has changed. Church has changed. I'm 44 years old and I am astounded at how much things have changed in the last 20 years alone since I graduated from Oral Roberts University to what the world is now. And so today I want to uh, address with you, I'm speaking today to parents and guardians and leaders over young people. And I say young people, children to high school even into college, addressing and, and empowering you and equipping you to bring up the hard subjects with your young people. It's very important that they hear things from you first as a Christian, as a minister, as a church, as a ministry, that they hear what God is saying about the matter how they should be thinking about this. I addressed this with some of the parents at our conference this year. And I said to them, you're not the only ones raising your children. Their teachers are raising your children, their friends. And let's not talk about the technology, cell phones. It, it doesn't even matter if you don't allow your child to have a cell phone. I can guarantee you their friends do. And so they're sneaking phones, um, they're getting burner phones, they're downloading apps that hide themselves from parents and accounts that are phantom accounts. And, and the technology now to destroy our children is quite savvy. And I have found in my conversation and in my observation that parents are at a loss for how to address it. Many churches, actually most churches that I have dealt with, don't address these issues at all in their church with their young people. And these kids have no one to talk to usually, but their friends or sometimes leaders somewhere else that may or may not be Christians, giving them their narrative and their feedback. So I want to empower you today to talk to your young people about hard topics. Okay. So Apostle Ashley, 
I'm not comfortable. Hey, let's be honest. Maybe you're not familiar. These are uncomfortable things. We're talking about pornography in schools, pedophilia, uh, same-sex relationships, the pressure. It's, you know, trending now for girls to have girlfriends and, and all these things in middle school, elementary school, kindergarten. Our kids are not exempt from having to deal with this. Okay, so maybe you'll say, Apostle Ashley, I shelter my children. I filter what they watch. When I was a kid, and, and maybe when you were a child too, being sheltered was a good thing. Not knowing about sex when you were young, that was healthy. Not watching dirty movies and getting your hands on dirty magazines, that was good. Not even having a, an awareness that this level of evil existed in society and in the world. Now, of course, at that time, we did not have online technology. So it was much easier to control what was in your children's hands. When they came home at night, it was much easier to believe that they were not sneaking into things. Although, you know, you kids hid things under the mattress and in the closet and, and all those types of things. But in general, it was easier to control the stream that was coming into your children's lives. Now, there was no perfection. Of course, you know, uh, relatives exposed them to things. Kids at school exposed them to things. Older siblings. That always existed. But because technology was not what it is now, it was easier to curtail. And so being sheltered now, like extremely sheltered, can be a liability. For example, now, and, and, and when I say this, I, I'm going to give my whole thought because I am in no way saying saturate your children in filth. That's not what I'm talking about at all because that's not helping anything. I am not saying to actually put your children in front of pornography or to expose them to crass music or dirty jokes. What I am saying is bringing up the subject with them to actually get a gauge to see if they've been exposed to it. And nowadays, if they can identify it when it's being pushed upon them. Case in point, in youth group the other week, we're going through the scripture. We're going through Genesis through Revelation. And actually, it was not even on my agenda because uh, to address this issue because we watched a video on Samson. We're in a summer movie series. I have a, a channel on YouTube and in the next broadcast, I'll tell you what that is because honestly, I just don't remember in this moment. found a channel on YouTube that has wonderful uh, Bible accounts that are uh, dramatic and have a narrative. And so they're like anywhere from 18 to 25 minutes long. And we had watched one about Samson. It was very good. And at the end of class, youth group, I was led of the Lord to ask the young people, do you all know what a pedophile is? Now, this is not the subject of Samson. It's really not in Samson at all. But the Lord said, ask them. Well, I have uh, some of our youth have uh, had uh, overexposure in their upbringing because of their circumstances. So most of the kids raised their hand. Some of them are very sheltered. And they did not know. This is when learning and knowing how to address these issues is vital. And I said, how many of you know what a pedophile is? Most hands went up. How many of you don't? A few of the hands went up. And I said, okay, let's define what a pedophile is. And I just said it very G-rated. I said, a pedophile is an adult who has an inappropriate sexual attraction to children. That's about as simple as it gets. 
we don't need to talk about activity. We don't have to go into detail in youth group. That is the parent's job to do that unless it has been cleared by the parents to actually go into greater detail. But in that type of corporate setting, we keep it pretty simple. And, and I said, do you all understand what that means? If an adult wants to touch you inappropriately in private places that you always have to keep cover with your clothes. If an adult wants to try and kiss you, if, if an adult wants to, and just had a few basic things to let them know what a pedophile is. Do you know what to do if an adult is trying to deal with you inappropriately? Because it's easy to assume because we're Christians, because we pray, that God's always going to cover our kids. Well, we always want to believe that, but this is life under the sun. Statistics are what they are, and they are frightening, and they are scary. So that's just a very simple explanation to a complex, huge problem that I wanted to address with them in our environment and in our setting. Now, if you are an adult who does not know how to address these issues. I was speaking to a friend of mine who has teenage children and they were just uh, sharing with me how they were at a loss on how to address their teenage son with the realities of uh, kids that they're going to school with going, you know, leaving the school year one year as a girl, coming back, living life as a boy. Like how, how do you address those types of things? And they said, I have no idea how to address this with my child. And the church was not addressing it either. And I said, well, we know how to address it where we are. What you can do is research the information. I would say one of the greatest things that leaders and parents face is the fear of not having answers for their kids. Not having answers. Let me know if that's you. Reach out to me. I email and I, everything is, is posted in the description. Um, they're at a loss. And so because they're at a loss... There is an avoidance and an evasion of dealing with the topics. A prophet friend of mine who travels the kingdom all the time. I mean, always on a plane going somewhere. She said, Ashley, I'm telling you, people are not talking about this with these youth groups. What you have here needs to be shared. And like I said, I spoke with an another dear friend of mine who said, we need to share this information. So I'm sharing this with you. And I really hope this helps. You can go online, study statistics, read anecdotal stories. Read people's experiences on how they have lived through these various things. You need to research the pornography that they're trying to put in schools and that, I'm sorry, they are putting in schools. These books that they want these kids to read. So maybe you homeschool your children. Maybe they're not in that at all, but they are in this world. And I want to remind you, like I said earlier, and I told our parents, I will say again on this podcast, you are not the only ones raising your children. And please, please don't be the parent, the adult, or the guardian who says the end of it all phrase, my son or daughter knows better. These children are being force fed the ideology that your parents are your enemies. Don't trust your parents. Don't trust your leaders. Don't trust your pastors. They hear that now. That was unheard of. Nobody would ever say that when we were growing up. That is what they're being fed. It's in their music. It's in their television shows. It's in the books that they read. It's on the, the uh, uh, cartoons that they watch, the comics, all these things, same-sex relationships. 
confusion all over the place. So please don't be the parent or the guardian or the leader who says, my child knows better. Well, my kid tells me everything. There's nothing that we don't share. I guarantee you there is. That's life under the sun. It is rare that you find somebody who spills their guts all the time to their parents. And what happens is, and when you study the uh, psychology charts and wheels, W-H-E-E-L-S, wheels, of the progression from children from uh, little kids to adults is when they're little, their primary influence is their, are their parents. It's the parent. It's the mom and the dad. As they get older, the less they see their parent in the day or custodian or guardian, the more they're dealing with teachers and friends and peers, which is why it seems like your child turns into a different person when they hit that adolescent age. It's not just because of hormones, although that is a factor uh, for, for some, uh, largely it also depends on what household you're raised in and how emotions are handled. That's another subject for another day, but it's also because now they're staying out later. They're gaining more independence because they're getting older. They're going out to football games and, you know, well, we had skate parties. I don't know what kids do now. Oh, some people still skate, you know, skate parties, pizza parties, the movies, uh, all kinds of things are going on class trips and band trips and sports and athletic teams. And they're in locker rooms and, and they're in cheerleading practice and, and band rehearsal and, and all of these places, even in the church without you. And that's when these other influences creep in. So when your kids were little, you were their world. You were their primary source of information, the primary way that they thought. And now that they're older, they see you in the morning, bye. They come back eight, 10, maybe 12 hours later if they have practice or rehearsal. And in those 12 hours, where have they been? Even if they're homeschooled, at some point, your children should be out of your sight because it's really not healthy for them to only be with you all the time because that does not prepare them to live life in, as we call, the real world. And so you are not the only one, and say this to yourself, I am not the only person raising my child. I am not the only person raising my child. There are other influences that are not me. And I would say the hardest thing to do is to not flip sideways whenever you find things out because then they're afraid to tell you. That does not mean there should not be consequences. That does not mean that there you know, should not be punishments and things like that. But keeping a level head to the best of your ability keeps a door of communication open so they will come to you first or second or third and not come to you instead of not coming to you at all. And so I would encourage you to begin to listen to what your young people are saying with different ears. Begin to listen for, if is there a new element entering into their conversation? I have reached out to parents and last year in our youth conference, I told these kids and I told their parents, you need to check your phone in with your parents when you get home. You don't need a phone. When you get home, you're home, pull them out of that internet, pull them out of those apps, collect their phones, go through them, put on the spyware that tracks them. These are your custodial uh, gifts from God. And please do not fall into the mentality of kids need privacy. What do you need privacy from? Nothing. 
That is a secular demonic agenda that has been rolling through television for decades that now is in the classrooms and everywhere else. They don't need privacy. They need protection. God has placed you as a guardian and a protector. If you're a youth leader and you don't live with these kids, keep your ears open to their conversation. Watch and see if their behavior has suddenly changed. Um, because sometimes, uh, you know, I should say many times they don't have the words to articulate. If they've been violated, if they've been bullied, if they've been drugged, they're embarrassed, they're humiliated, um, especially if they were being disobedient when it happened. They're like, I shouldn't have been here anyway. And their behavior changes. And because they're teenagers, it's easy to attribute that to hormones. Oh, these terrible teens. Oh, this is worse than the terrible twos. And we just kind of blow it off because society has taught us to blow it off, dismiss it, dismiss it, dismiss it. And it might be, and I'm not saying it is all the time, but it might be a signal. It might be signifying that there is something at work. When you see those sudden moods, mood changes, if their grades all of a sudden in a semester plummet and they go down, are they on drugs? Are they sleeping around? Has somebody assaulted them, molested them? in school, in the bathroom. Um, the stories that I've heard about the things that go on in schools, because not everybody can afford to keep their kids at home. They have to send them to school. And so if your kids are in the war zone of life, old school, then you certainly want to equip them. And as a parent or a guardian, equip yourself to be able to register. So take the technology, take all the tablets, cell phones. You don't even have to believe my word. Do the research. Google the statistics on mental health in teenagers tied to social media and apps. These kids are suffering from anxiety. They're on medication because of these phones. My role as a youth leader and a youth pastor and youth apostle is not to replace the parent or the guardian in the home. It's to be a, a gap, a bridge, a connection, an addition, a supplement, a, a covering but not a replacement. It's always important to remember your place with young people, especially teenagers, because they bond so quickly. They trust you. Some of them not quickly, depending on where they come from. And to, to never have them be confused about who they should be talking to about what at certain times. And I say, you should not be on the, you, why are you even on the internet at this hour? It's like one o'clock in the morning. It was very late. And, uh, and so as a result, Parents started collecting cell phones. Anxiety started decreasing in homes. Communication was opened back up to these kids because they get home and they just shut down. They're, they're in their phones. They're not having communication. They're not talking. Notifications are going on. Stress and anxiety is high. Like I said, study the statistics. There is scientific proof to the fact that removing technology out of your kids' hands brings their anxiety down brings their stress level down, increases their ability to sleep because there are kids who are being bullied online. All these chat rooms and these apps and Snapchat and all these things to where you can post whatever you want and it disappears. It just disappears. There are kids who are making pornographic videos on their cell phones in the bathroom, in the back seat of their parents' car, right literally right under their noses because you think, you know, we all think we would know. I would recognize if my child was making porn videos, would you? I would know if they were messing around in the back seat of my car. I'm sitting there right there. I'm telling you what, it happens all the time. Dressing rooms in um, 
in uh, the mall and in stores, and all kinds of things going on with these cell phones and this technology in their hand. I want to, again, empower you, encourage you, and really nudge you urgently to take the lead in these conversations with your young people. If you are a leader, you have an obligation to keep a, an eye out on these young people, to notify parents when you see something is off, when you see kids going off together, where are you going? What's happening? Are they touching each other differently or strangely? Are they sitting uh, a different way? Have they started having sex and nobody wants to believe it, but all the signs are there? It is our responsibility to get involved because if we don't protect our young people, nobody will. And Satan has done an amazing job and this whole satanic agenda has punked parents into a corner, secular and sacred, even worldly ones, even ones who are not saved into thinking that they are the least qualified to deal with their young people. I hope this was a blessing to you today. Stay connected with me at www.ashleycministries.com. Ashleycministries.com. I have Bible studies that are geared toward youth and family. Uh, Bible studies, scripture studies. I have some downloads for you as parents to help you address difficult issues with your young people and to take the lead and to be the hero to your kids to be the hero. Children want their parents to be informed, even if it, you know, they get busted, <laughs> even if they get caught doing some things, they will still trust. No, but my parents know. No, but my parents are informed. No, I can't. And I tell you what, other people will tend to leave your children alone if they know you are actively involved in talking to them and communicating with them and taking their phones when they least expect to give me that phone. Why? What? Give me your phone. You check their emails, text messages, call records. Who are these numbers? What's going on? Why did this happen at two o'clock in the morning? Who's reaching out to you at this hour? Having their phones in your room with you at night will tell you a lot about the activity that goes on during the day. So God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in to the Apostle of the Future podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless. And until next time, take the lead in your children's lives. Thank you for listening to the Apostle of the Future podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit AshleyCMinistries.com for more information. Follow me on Facebook at Apostle of the Future or YouTube at Dr. Ashley. See you next time. Rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen.